welcome to episode 10 of Talking Jacks. I am your host with the least, Alex Warren. I'm joined today, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Ben. He is the co-host with the most. Oh, okay. I'm okay with that. And uh, the cat in the hat's also here. <laughs> Somewhere in here. <laughs> I'm sure if you listen uh, more intently enough, you'll hear the jingle of the cat in the hat running around here. Yeah. But anyways, uh, today is a much uh, nicer day than last week. Uh, got some sunshine, some heat. Hurricane Irma is long past us. Yes. Um, there's a little bit of a cloud hanging over us, just as we discuss um, mm. kind of the, I guess, poor performance is, is kind of a, it's a mean way to put it, but yeah, it was it was not great. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree with that, honestly. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too worried about Ottawa. I knew they were going to get a lot of chances. Well, I thought they were going to get a lot of chances, but that early score really dictated the momentum of the game yeah. and the tactics they used. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's it's it was disappointing. Obviously, uh, I was really hoping to get the three points, um, especially considering that Louisville uh, midweek game against Bethlehem Steel they had only got a point. Right. So there's a little bit so, of a opportunity to uh, take advantage of that. Yeah, and uh, I think situation. every time they drop points, we need to pick up points, and we didn't yeah. do that on Saturday. Um, but in the end, it was great to fight back and get a point because mm. it looked really dark. It looked like we were going to lose uh would that have been our consecutive loss or no we had a we had a home game in between right yeah that's right okay but that's still that would have been a a loss at home again Mm -hmm. um to a inferior opponent Mm -hmm. um but we battled back we got that equalizer at the end um and we'll kind of break that down a little further Uh, but basically you know the the performance we talked about how we might be rusty and i think yeah, we both thought that maybe they would be able to overcome that, but it just uh, they they weren't really able to overcome it. Um, no, especially with how much Ottawa bunkered down because when they scored right. in the was it the eleventh? Yeah, they scored in the eleventh minute. Yeah, and eleven minutes off a set piece. Well, I noticed too they came out firing. I mean, we yeah. came out we came out a little flat, and they took advantage of it. We mm-hmm. we we almost conceded. Um, like twice before it was either twice right before that or twice right after. Um, they had a header, or not a header, excuse me. They had a shot that I thought Cody might have gotten a fingertip to. Yeah. Um, and it hit off the post. And then they had a header go just inches I think wide. that was right before it. I know it was, it was right before, right after it, like you said. There yeah. was uh, Dos Santos, uh, the guy who had scored in five straight games, their striker. He, uh, he put a really good shot on goal, and luckily the post was there to save it yeah. um, for us. Which I think it was right before, right after. I don't. Yeah, really I can't remember, remember either, and I didn't have time. To it was nervous it. though. They had a couple opportunities before yeah. that, which was uh, we were battling to get it out of our half. Exactly, and, and we I couldn't think really con- connect passes there. Oddly enough, I, I actually think it kind of took took us by surprise. I don't think they yeah. expected Ottawa to come out as attacking as they did. I think they expected yep. more of the park the bus, which they did later in the game after they scored the goal. Yeah. I think they expected that from the start, and. It was like, it just took us a few minutes to kind of wake up. It did, Um, And unfortunately, we woke up a little too late. Um, On the set piece, uh, the goal was scored off of a set piece, sort of. It was was a set piece that we didn't quite deal with well enough. The ball came in, and uh, they won the header. And then the guy, like, flicked it up into the air to where Cody had to punch it out. And there Mm -hmm. was a lot of of guys around, so Cody didn't have, you know, a, a great amount of space. So he didn't get the punch 
clear enough. And then in the, in the scramble, we had our two most attacking players. You know, we had Jaime Siege t- coming to close down a guy, yeah. gets blown by, and then Enzo Martinez is rushing to try to uh, close him down. But he gets the cross in. And then, unfortunately, not our tallest player, Joel Johnson, was there defending uh, the back post. But uh, it was it was a great finish, and it was a really good ball. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to take anything away from that. Uh, but it was not um, not the greatest uh, set piece defending in the first place. Because maybe if we win that first ball, and we can get it clear, mm-hmm. we, they don't get you know the scramble and get to take advantage of our two forwards you know closing down. Uh, but you know. Yeah, we, I think it's the first time in a while that we let up a goal that early, to be honest with you. At least it feels like it. It feels like it. I don't know. You know, I don't have the stats. I'm trying to remember the last time we went down a goal early. Yeah. It's been a long time. I mean, we stopped early in the season. We were really struggling with giving up goals early in the game. Yeah. Um, but it feels like ever since we had our beatless run, we've been, we kind of got over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of, I don't know if it kind of shocked our system, but um, you know, they almost scored again. I, I, I'm kind of thinking the, uh, the two chances they had came after, uh, mm. the goal, because I think I remember thinking we could be down two or three nil right now. Um, yeah. but it, then we woke up, so we, we woke up, but it was, everything was just, um, I think the way I worded it was everyone's brain was just a half a step slow. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was the opposite. Maybe it was their bodies were half a step slow to their brains. You know, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. it seemed like they were seeing the runs, they were seeing the passes, but they by the time they would release the ball, uh, the defender would be there to to, to intercept. Or, yeah. or there was a lot of or, people back for them at that point too. And yeah. They, uh, I mean, and I think the, it was their formation that kind of killed us too, because with them having. At least according to the USL's website, they had three men up top, and then the three <laughs> they center didn't backs. Have three and, men up top that often. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think so either. They definitely. It, it was weird the way their formations shook up, um, and I think they shuffled it a little bit here and there. But it definitely felt like they had their wingers uh, back to congest our sides, so we couldn't really run down the freely there. Yeah, well, it was. Um, it's it's listed on the USL website as a three four three, but it was essentially a five man backline the whole game. Yeah. And they, the, the, the fullbacks got up occasionally, um, you know, when they had l- longer spells of possession. But for the most part, they, um, they, were, they were kind of five at the back when we had the ball. And that, mm-hmm. that's what made it so difficult, I think, for us uh, to, to try to break them down is th- when you couple them uh, parking the bus and – our, I guess, rustiness, we were just a step slow. The ball wasn't moving quick enough. It just allowed them to just be pretty comfortable. I, I mean, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't do a whole lot to really shake them up. And, you know, part of it is just that's a good game plan to use against us. We don't have a yeah. lot of big guys. You got to give a credit can, to their coach. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't have a lot of big guys that we can um, play the ball into from out wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I said after the game and during the game that this would have been a perfect game to have Caleb Calvert in it would have been. because yeah. you can play the ball into him and even if he's not getting you know a shot on target or a header on target mm-hmm. he could have a knockdown that maybe Herrera comes in yep. into the box making a late run or Enzo makes a late run behind you know there it kind of opens up your your possibilities but when you've got uh, 
you know, the only really tall guy we have in the attack is Siaj, and he's playing more out on the wing. He did get a heading opportunity, and, and he, yeah. and the, of course, the keeper made a really great save. Um, yeah, there was a couple different opportunities we had in the first half to, uh, to level it up there. Um, and luckily, we, we definitely did, we didn't give up. I'll give you that. That's, that's one yeah. positive to take from this. And Lewis Hilton, he, he worked his, Butt off. Yeah, he, he always does. Game. I mean, he runs I, his socks off. I, uh, to be honest with you, I, I love Lewis Hilton, obviously. Yeah. It's been uh, your favorite well Englishman. documented. My favorite <laughs> Englishman. I honestly thought that he was going to be subbed off about the 60th, 70th minute. I did too. Because he was, he was tired. Um, yeah. and, and good reason to be tired because he, um, I was looking at the stats after the game and he, what did he have? He had like 107 touches. And yeah, 107 touches, 85 passes, which is insane. Mm-hmm. I haven't updated my passing stats in a while now, but um, the leader was the New York Red Bulls a while ago. The um, I'm forgetting his name, uh, whatever his name was, but he had like 72 passes per 90. Mm-hmm. It was held at 85, and he still had 88.2% accuracy there. So yeah. he was he was a workhorse there, and it was it was really nice to see him get the goal there too. Uh, to tie it up, and I was oh, I was so happy we got a goal because the whole game I was yeah. just so frustrated. I, uh, we were wanting something obviously to hold on to. The crowd was really loud too. Yeah, I was. I that noticed was, that as well. Yeah. It was it was a smaller crowd. It was eighteen hundred, no, but it was yeah. when the goal went in, it was loud. It was really loud. And yeah. I don't know if it was just um, you know maybe just recency bias or not, but it seemed like it was that was the loudest I've heard it. I um, maybe yeah. maybe. Uh, one of those sellout games, uh, the maybe. little game, maybe. Considering the numbers, and it was nice because we, I think we've been averaging about thirteen hundred the last couple games yeah, that we didn't ever sell since out. School started out, yeah. Started so back. to see five hundred more people on, yeah, that makes a difference. Attendance, in a, yeah, in a small in, stadium like that, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and it, even on the the uh, USL stream, you could hear mm-hmm. that the crowd was excited when that goal went through which is really nice to see all things considered and that and that goal really was just it was fantastic it was it was like we finally attacked a unsettled defense it Mm -hmm. was it was i hate to call it a counterattack because i think they still had like six or seven guys (laughs) back but it was they were it was six or seven guys back but they weren't necessarily set in their normal they were favoring the right side a lot i remember we were going down the right side Seemed like the entire second half, mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Uh, I know Joel Johnson um, and and Estrada like to link up there, and Enzo was yeah. drifting to the right a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that's beside the point. It was it, it the the goal came about from a Enzo kind of switching the play to Herrera, and Her- Herrera did so well to bring down the ball. Yeah, it, it seemed like when you know when you watch the replay. It looks like Enzo is trying to switch the play all the way to the other side to Yearwood directly, mm-hmm. and it seems like maybe Herrera, maybe he underhit it just a bit, and Herrera kind of had to jump to bring it down with his chest, and then just brings it right down. One touches it out to yep. to Yearwood, who did really really well. I mean, that's uh, another really good thing that I didn't think of until right now is that. The tactic to do to think to bring in Yearwood. Yeah, I was just Henry, about to bring that up. Which that I was never really would have creative, thought of doing. Right? Yeah, considering I, they, I mean, we had been going down the right side a lot. 
that counter. And it, we had tried it, I want to say, a couple times before that, probably a couple times after, where we cro- we changed fields there to Yearwood. Mm-hmm. And he was almost left wide open, considering yeah, he had so, so many defenders. Yeah, and he's so fast, he just blew by the defenders. Yeah. Um, and, and fresh legs on top of his normal speed. Like, mm-hmm. he... Uh, that was such a creative substitution from, from Coach Jeffries because I fully expected to see Townsend. I didn't know who was going to come too. off. Yeah. I didn't know if it was going to be uh, Townsend for Herrera or Townsend for Enzo. or mm-hmm. you know. But I knew we were pushing. We had to get an equalizer, so I just assumed we'll put on the only forward we have on the bench. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was really creative to bring in Yearwood. And I wasn't quite sure if Yearwood was going to play more centrally or what, but it, it turned out that Donnie Smith came in kind of – he, I wouldn't call him. He played. He didn't really play center back, but he yeah. came and came in more midfield, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yearwood went out on the left and just blew past several guys. Um, I think he had three or four crosses that he put in. He did. It was the only the, the assist was the only one that I think went down as a con, uh, successful cross. Probably. But yeah. he his it, that was a game changing substitution. It was, um, and, and I, that's why I picked him as my man of the match um, because you I would. think. Yeah, oh, he only okay. played. I think he, if you count the the injury time minutes, he played twelve minutes. But it, mm. it's kind of a man of the match with a you know a big assist to Coach Jeffries for yeah. having the the guts to go with an outside back as your third and final substitution. Because mm-hmm. um, if that you know if we hadn't gotten a uh, if we hadn't gotten the equalizer there, I think it would be fair to ask a lot of questions like, oh, yeah. you know, you left a forward on the bench for an outside back. What was up with that? <laughs> you yeah. know, that kind of thing. So um, it worked out, so it's a brilliant move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, a so lot that was the point goes, at home uh, yeah. in the middle of a race for the playoffs and a home race field Race for advantage. the home field advantage, yeah. yep. And and really what would have been a really bad loss. Uh, oh, it would have been – I would have been – oh, there would have been a lot of – frustration after that game if we would have lost well even more so because we i know we were all frustrated because we we still feel like yes it was a poor performance but we still feel like we outplayed them i think i think that's fair to say um obviously we should have done better Uh, there was a lot of ticking things towards the end too that i thought were really frustrating uh with ottawa like fouling fouling um oh they were time wasting from like the time wasting like crazy i can't believe that Callum Irving didn't get a, a card for wasting time. That was the one thing that I, I hate. This is our talk about the refs in the USL minute. Well, um, I hate talking about it, but the ref was really inconsistent. Um, he really was. And I mean, there was the one play where uh, Hugh, I think his name was. Hume. Hume. Yeah, yeah. Hume. He, uh, he basically went out, went at Cody Mazzell. Yeah. Quite frankly. He, he did. basically did. He had no play he had on the no, ball. Pl- no, there was no chance he was getting the ball. He got a yellow card for it, but it, yeah. was, uh, it was still a um, – that silly. was kind of a dirty play. And then there, yeah. was a, there was a little incident, a little dust-up. I don't know if you saw it because it was down by me on my yeah. end of the field. Uh, but uh, Eddie Edward, the captain, knocked uh, – I don't know if he he pushed Enzo down, you know, trying to shield the no, ball. No, yeah, I did see that. That bounds. was and frustrating too. Enzo reached too. his hand up, you know, to for him to help him up, and he he didn't hit it away, but he shrugged it off. Yeah. And then he and then he was probably the worst offender of the time wasting, in my opinion. And I, I don't no. know. I just it rub, really rubs me the wrong way when the captain of the team is kind of leading the charge and that kind of stuff. Exactly. You know, he if did you're wearing that a couple it, times, yeah. Too, if you're wearing I the think. captain's armband, I feel like you need to be. Uh, like the most well-behaved player on the field. Yeah, you'd uh, think. I mean, but maybe that's just a silly, you know, youth sports thing. I don't know. 
but it, it, you know, yeah. but that's beside the point. But it was a it was a frustrating game all around from a performance standpoint, from a um, from an independent standpoint. I'm sure it was frustrating from a Fury standpoint as well, giving yeah. up a, a that late of an equalizer, especially where they are in their season right now. Yeah, that was still a, in twelfth. That was a um, yeah. If they'd have won that game, that would have really helped their playoff chances. Yeah. I don't think they're um, eliminated technically, but I think that. Giving up the equalizer probably hurts their playoff chances big time. Yeah. But you know, eighteen shots and only four on target—that's got to be better. And I think yeah. I think it'll come with time. I think having the game get postponed against Charleston ended up hurting us more than we anticipated. It hurt it, it, uh, far more than I would have expected. Ab- I thought absolutely. for sure the rest would have helped us tremendously, which I guess in in some ways it did. But yeah, I think um, the rest maybe helped. Yeah. Uh, maybe with some of the injuries that guys are kind of recovering from. But I think what it ultimately did is it, it kind of knocked us off, not just down a peg, like in our sharpness. Um, you know, like we've said so many times, our style of play kind of requires that we find a rhythm. And yeah. it also really doesn't help that June Marcus Davidson wasn't there because mm-hmm. um, I know on the second Yellow show, Troy Lassane described him as the, uh, the drummer. Yeah. Of of the independence, he he <laughs> speeds him up, he slows it down. He's the you know he's the metronome, the yeah, metronome. In, in the in the midfield, and missing him obviously we don't play well based yeah. on our record. I think our record is now one three and one without him. That's uh one, that's wins lost tie. Yeah, it sounds. So, I know we're not very good without him. I meant to. And I'm sure there are other uh, factors. It's not a you know soccer's a team game. It's not a. Yeah. It's not like basketball where you're if you're missing, your leading scorer who's scores 30 points a game obviously that's going to be a huge individual impact but I think it just shows his value um, outside of like the the stat column I know he's we we know that he's a great passer but he Mm. he's great at organizing the the midfield he's always available always open for you know if a guy's in trouble he can find June so I think I hope we see him back um, in this next game that we're getting ready to preview Um, but uh, it's uh, it's always tough when you play without a guy like that, and mm. and I think maybe that's something that we uh, maybe underestimated a little bit uh, with our predictions. Yeah, we weren't really sure if he was going to play, but uh, mm. you know, it's not that Ross and Hilton as the midfield pairing are, is is a bad pairing. I think it's just that brings something different to the table. Yeah, he brings something a little bit different. I think there's not really a clear like for like replacement for him um yeah in in the squad especially not with his experience and his you know mm-hmm. his ability but uh speaking of charleston uh before yeah. we move on do you have anything else from the um, auto game that you feel like we missed i mean i or? would say lewis hilton's my man of the match considering yeah. everything considering the goal considering his worth his uh work rate work rate gonna say? yeah i was gonna say work ethic but that doesn't really work there no it does um but <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, a good way of closing that out there. Um, yeah, I think he was yeah. also USL.com's man of the match as well. So They do that? Um, yeah. Have you never read? They, they do uh, – I know we do recaps. Our recaps are better. Exactly. But they're, they do, like, a quick <laughs> recap after every game. It's usually up half an hour, hour after the game. I didn't know they did man of the match. Yeah, though. it's always, like, the last thing. Oh, wow. You have to read to the bottom. I thought I was, the, I thought I was on USL's website way too much, but apparently not. Yeah, maybe I am now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, Battery are coming off a win, 
And an interesting, a couple of interesting notes from that game. Uh, they got Alec Khan from Atlanta United, mm-hmm. who um, I wasn't aware of, but Alex informed me, the Alex beside me, not Alec Khan, uh, that he was he was sent to Charleston probably because of an injury rehab type situation. I um, think I read something about. It. I don't don't quote me on that a hundred percent. Yeah, I just think I remember them. I remember their the announcement being made that he was going to Charleston. Gotcha. Okay. So. so he may or may not have been. He may be there for more than just this last game. Um, so there was that coming into it. I think they took back Tim Bacchus, but I don't know who who knows with that whole situation. Let's not even talk about that anymore. But uh, there was an interesting thing. They did take the win against the the kickers at home, a one zero victory. Uh, but they are going to be Romario-less yes. in the next game, which will be very good for us. Obviously, based well, on a lot of things. Yeah, but. based on the uh, how they normally do without him, I would say no Romario is no problem for us. Ah, um, yes, I did see that in the in the show notes. That that is very good. Yeah. I like that. But he is such an important player for them, and it was kind of a, just a silly thing that he got sent off for. Yeah. And I guess you can debate whether or not it should have been a red card because it, it was. I think technically it was considered violent conduct. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to. When you look at it, when you see the play, it's not out. It's not inherently violent. Yeah. Um, it's not like a. I don't even know. It 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 was a kick out basically yeah. after the ball had gone. It wasn't it's nearly as severe play. as like when Lewis Hilton got kicked. Exactly. Uh, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like. Mm-hmm. But it, he he clearly, I mean, he just kicked the guy. It was it was yeah. very. Silly. He knows what he did too. That's yeah. Thing. He was surprised by the red card. Uh, the, but that um, ref wanted nothing. The of it, announcer apparently. was really surprised. He said, "Oh, really? no, yellow card's coming out for Romario." And he's like, "Oh, a red card!" Okay, I missed that. <laughs> no, part, yeah, yeah, it was. He was shocked. Interesting. Um, but it, regardless, he'll be um, unless there's a successful appeal, which I'd be surprised that we've heard. I think we've heard of one su- successful appeal yeah. in USL all season. Um, but barring a successful appeal, he will be out for the match. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday night at seven, and uh, Ben, I know you've collected some statistics. Yes, I've been uh, sweating over my computer all yeah. day long for these stats, but I've double checked this and triple checked this, so I'm about ninety percent sure this is all accurate. I should not have entered that way with this information, but they've played nine games without Romario. Um, they have a record of one five and three. That's wow. one win, five losses, and three ties. They they're so I'll break this down like this. So I'll tell you um, the different stats and what they average with and without Romario. So they average 1.6 goals per game as a team with Romario for the season. Mm-hmm. I mean that's uh, just for the season in general. Without Romario in those nine games, they're averaging 0.6 goals. Wow. They've only scored six goals in the nine games. Yeah, six goals. I had to double check that. And some of those opponents were not. I mean, they weren't like the best teams in the league. No. Some of, I mean, we're talking about like Toronto, Toronto, and Richmond, Louis. like some of these. Yeah. Not bottom feeders. Some of them are bottom feeders, but it, it's not like the top four that yeah. they were going up against without him. Very either. true. And it is, I guess. Granted, it's a small sample size, in a way. But what you said, nine games. Nine games. I mean, that's just under a third of the season. Yeah. Or excuse me, not a third. It's no. enough of the sample size, and it's enough of a differential differentiation. Oh, he's. Surely he's, I mean, he's worth a goal a game, according to that stat. Exactly. And the conversion rate is even worse 
I would think, comparison yeah, okay. to their goal because you look at their conversion rate, they're averaging 17% of their total shots into goals. Mm-hmm. In games without Romario, they're averaging 5.3% of their shots, total shots into goals. Wow, so, so like a 12% drop? 12% drop, yeah. Wow. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's huge. I, yeah. What, I wonder, I wonder, you know, he's, he's still... With all those games missed, he's still what? Is he still tied with Enzo and uh, Dane he's Kelly? He's one below. He's one uh, below. Dane and Enzo have 16, and uh, Romario's got 15. I mean, that's just an insane that the, the, that a guy is third in the Golden Boot race who has missed nearly a third of the season. Yeah. I mean, that's, It shows you how good of a quality player he is and how yeah. much that changes the way they play. Because I watched a little bit of the um, Louisville game they played, and it just it felt like they were missing their their top striker. It really yeah. did, because um, you would you would see them progress down the field, and they would kind of look around for someone else to be there, and nobody was there. Um, so it it shows you the completely different tactic. And it was really interesting because in that Louisville game, I didn't get to watch the entirety of the game, but I watched about three fourths of it. Mm-hmm. In like the sixtieth seventieth minute, they took off one of their. Strikers, I believe, or one of their offensive players for Forrest Lasso. So they brought, they took off hmm. a defense or an offensive player for a defensive player in a, a 0-0 tie or a 0-0 tie at they the moment. They ended up losing it, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, they definitely were playing more defensively in that case. And I think yeah. that kind of changes what they're going to do uh, as far as tactic goes and things like that. They're always going to be counter based. That's kind of the way Charleston is. Um, yeah. What do they average like? 43% possession for the season or something it's, around that. It's one of the lowest. That's, yeah. I can actually pull that up right now if I can find my thing. But regardless, I mean, we'll get more into how they play a little bit later uh, while you pull that up. So while we're talking about players that aren't going to be there for Charleston, let's talk about players who might or might not be there for the independents. Mm. Um, starting with uh, the guy we've already talked about, June Marcus Davidson. So I talked to James a little bit today. And unfortunately, we don't have like a real update. Uh, this is going to be just a guess. So in this case, James's guess is probably as good as ours, maybe just a hair better because he's, he's kind of in the building there with the guys. Um, he's got a foot in the door. But, it, but it's still a guess. But he, he guesses that um, June Marcus Davidson will be back um, and available on Wednesday, which Hooray. would be a huge lift, I think. Um, yeah. Because he missed the first game against Charleston as well due to suspension. He did, yeah. I always forget that, playoff. but yeah, he definitely yeah. did. I, I, I always forget until I go and look it up. But uh, um, And um, the other player, Caleb Calvert, is probably um, not going to be there Wednesday. I know orig- the original um, – not diagnosis. The original timeline was like two yeah. weeks. Um, and I think it's been like 10 days, maybe. Mm. It'll, so it's it's like right on that edge. But with an ankle injury, um, I would imagine there's a pretty high likelihood of re-injuring it if you come back too soon. So we yeah. probably don't want to, especially with the playoff roster rules, I mm. think um, if he misses Wednesday, I think he's going to have to play in every game for the rest of the season. Was it in five? Order. I think it's five. I think you have to appear in five matches with the first one coming before whenever um, yeah. the cutoff is. So I think it's probably he will probably be held out Wednesday um, so that yeah. he can appear in every game down the yeah, season. Yeah, because we so. only have the five games left. So right, exactly. Yeah. Math so. means that he would have to. Yep. So that's your injury <clears throat> update. Obviously, Jan Ekra made his return, and Casey mm-hmm. Townsend was back on the bench. He was. Um, so that's good news for us. We're getting 
almost back to full strength. Obviously, we still have Alex Martinez out for two more games um, due to that. Patiently waiting his that, return. Uh, suspension. So he will be back um, in two weeks, I guess, because. So he should be in back for yeah, the, the last, Cincinnati game. Yeah, because the last game, game yeah, we'll be back City for the Cup. Cincinnati game. That's right. Yes. So that'll be, that'll be a huge lift as well. Mm-hmm. So there's your injury slash suspension update for the independents. Um, and with that in mind, what kind of lineup do you expect or want to see? Do you think it'll just be the same 11 we threw out there with maybe uh, Hilton and or Ross switching out with, with Davidson? Or what do you think? I would have to assume that Hilton is not going to play on Wednesday. Um, not going to start or not going to play at all? Uh, probably not going to start. Yeah, yeah, we'll say that a different way. I think um, they'll go back to the Ross and Davidson. I think we will, considering this is that's assuming that Davidson is back because mm-hmm. as much as Hilton worked and as much as as short as the turnaround is there, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I would have to imagine we're going to rest him because I don't think he's going to. The likelihood of him going another ninety and then turning around and playing another ninety on Saturday, yeah, is very unlikely. Be, and it would probably would think, hinder his performance um, a lot too. Which is obviously nothing against him. It's just a matter of playing that many minutes in that short amount yeah. of time. Uh, I think we'll see Siage again. I think we'll see the Siage Herrera Enzo Estrada, Estrada front four front four again. Um, although Spees did do pretty well. Um, in this limited time against Ottawa. I, I just have a hard time remembering in him getting – I remember he got on the ball a couple of times. Yeah. But he didn't know – I know he didn't touch it much. But yeah. considering I wouldn't be disappointed in that too, I think we probably do need to get him a few more reps towards the rest of the season. Um, but I'll, I'll go with that one there. I'll say considering – or assuming Davidson is back, I'll go with Davidson and Ross in the midfield and then uh, – we don't know what's going on with the wingbacks. It's it's fine. Not wingbacks, but uh, fullbacks. fullbacks. Yeah. Um, I thought Donnie Smith was gone, and then he came back. He's just he's in and out, man. He's yeah. in and out. Uh, he's he's like, racking up those frequent flyer miles. That's probably for sure. yeah. or he hasn't left at all, and we don't know. But I don't know. Robert Kraft's probably flying him back and forth on his private jet. That's so. oh yeah, because the Patriots think. just get some private jets. Yeah, well, forgot well. about that. He probably won't give any yeah. to the Revs though. Yeah, Psh. but that's beside the point. I you know. I'm not even going to pretend to ask. I probably should have asked James when I was talking to him. Uh, now that you mentioned that, that was, I didn't even think of that. I was just yeah. assuming that Donnie would be here Wednesday because he was here Saturday. So that's probably not a safe assumption <laughs> based on how the the loan situation has been. Yeah. Um, you know, between he and Yearwood, I think they're both they can they're, they can both do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could see maybe you put Yearwood in because. Donnie again is a high work rate player. He's up and down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's uh, contributing a lot in the attack. So I can see uh, I can see an argument for resting him and then starting Yearwood. But yeah. I could also see I'd love to see more Yearwood. I could also see an argument for going with continuity and sticking Donnie Smith back out there. So mm-hmm. it's just and and to me it's more of um, who you start on the left. You know, if you're going to start Siaj again, then maybe you do want to keep that continuity with with Donnie Smith. Because uh, they can maybe link up, maybe a little more, a little bit more familiar after playing good nearly ninety minutes, uh, playing with Smith as the left yeah. back and and Siaj as the left midfielder, uh, but you know, I, that's kind of a hair splitting decision right there. I don't think I'm not going to be mad if we pick one or the other. Can't um, really go wrong at this point, which is fantastic because we've yeah, got that depth going and, in there. And that's the thing, like if you'd have told me that we would be, you know, completely fine with Austin Yearwood. 
starting at left back in one of the biggest games of our season, I would have been like, really? Are you sure? Yeah. Like, He's progressed it's, tremendously It's not that he was year. a bad player before. We just never saw him. Yeah, we never We didn't knew know what he, he could do. And then he came in. He played one game in the Open Cup against the Eagles and played well. But it's, yeah. it's the Open Cup, and you don't yeah. – it's just a different – ask Cincinnati. It's a different world than the <laughs> league, you know. Yeah. Um, and then we saw him str- really struggle against NCFC in the Open Cup. So, yeah. But then he's just – ever since then, he's just every game better and better and better and more mm-hmm. confident. And now he's to the point where – if we throw him out there against Charleston in you know a huge game for our season, we're completely confident. And mm-hmm. I think that's so awesome. I think that speaks so highly of um, the coaching staff's ability to develop young players. Uh, I think we've seen. I think that's why we keep getting some of these younger guys from Colorado. Is is that our coaching staff does a really good job develop, developing players. Yep. Um, and so that that's just a huge testament. That's a little bit of a side note here. It's a good side note, though. Good side note, Something yeah. I just thought about, too, is it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Johnson on the bench to bring him in in the second half with his speed and potentially. Castillo. Yeah, yeah because uh, you the, know, I didn't if you even, think about it, we I may need a Castillo wing player. Yeah, since we do have Castillo, that may be an opportunity to bring him on later because he can always come in as a sub for Siage or Estrada, mm-hmm. wherein Donnie Smith or Castillo really can't necessarily do that, or Yearwood. I guess he kind of did it that last game, but mm-hmm. it's more of a fluid transition there with Johnson. But yeah, Johnson's definitely played more minutes um, as a midfielder than any of yeah. our other fullbacks. So that's actually a good point. I bet you we yeah. will see Castillo starting at right back, yeah. um, and I imagine we'll still see Bilal and Kalunji. In I don't the, know why we wouldn't. I mean, we may see Wechter because they both played a lot of minutes last. I'd be surprised if we saw yeah. Wechter at this point. I think. Um, I think Coach Jeffries is pretty much, barring an injury, I think he's going to go with Kalungi and, and mm-hmm. Duckett. Um, so you, and think, you think they're a lot for the season more than likely? I think so, and I think that's that's a good thing. That's I fair. think you want to keep your center backs together, um, and you want to keep them. And it's, we have two really good center backs. So yeah. I, I think – We may even see Wechter on the wing, too. That's another that's aspect. That's true. If, you if, never you know. know, Donnie Smith is back in New England, um, you know, you could see Yearwood playing left, left back as well. So you've yeah. got a lot of options there. I think we'll probably see, you know, assuming Davidson is back to healthy, I think we'll see Davidson and Ross, like you said, yeah. um, and then maybe Hilton come in for Ross at halftime or the 60th minute or something because, you know, Ross played 90 minutes as well mm-hmm. on Saturday. In the front four, I, I think at this point, this is a huge game. We need to go with our strongest front four. Mm-hmm. Um, this game probably has a little bit more to say about, like, home field advantage than maybe Tampa Bay will. I don't know. I know they're both really important. Um, so that, that's what's so well, tough about this Well, because that congestion is, yeah. is pretty tough right now because um, we're four points ahead of Charleston right now. We both played the same amount of games. And then um, Wednesday night, that same night, Louisville and Rochester will be playing too. So that's so all four. That's that's the first four, right? Mm-hmm. First and, four will be all playing Wednesday night. Um, it'll be a really interesting to see how that all shakes up. Uh, because right now Rochester is eight points behind uh, Louisville. Uh, they've got 43. Mm-hmm. Louisville's got 51. Uh, and they both got a game in hand on uh, both us and Charleston. Gotcha. So Wednesday's a big night, like we said. And Saturday will be big too, I'm sure. I just I would rather grab three points here and possibly play more more for a draw. Yeah, and you know, not to say that we'll set yeah, up our team place, much differently. Tampa Bay's really good at home. They are, and but they, you know, we'll get to the Tampa Bay game at a later time. Yep. Uh, but 
the the way that this is setting up, I would just prefer to get the get our attacking front four um, as many minutes as possible here in Charleston because they're the, the drop off in the front four. I, I wrote about this in my um, in my piece about the the Ottawa game. The drop off from you know without Calvert and without Alex Martinez, the drop off between our front four that we started on on Saturday and the guys on the bench is pretty big. And it it's is. not and it's not even necessarily that those guys aren't talented. It's just the guys we have on the bench are not they're not forwards. They're you know, mm-hmm. we've got Jan Ekra as an option off the bench and we've you know, that Jan, the Jan Ekra experiment up top is kind of over, I think. I think because he did uh, come in as the midfielder. You, you got David Spees who scored one goal and he's looked okay at times, but he's still he's not really a finisher. I wouldn't um, think so. And then you've got same with Townsend too. Yeah, Townsend um, has. I don't think he's scored a goal outside of the Open Cup either. So oh, I didn't even know he scored a goal in the Open Cup. And so, so yeah. you know, our options are just limited when you've got probably our most talented substitute starting. You know. Yeah. So it's, it's a fair point. And I think I'll transition into this. Like, I think that's something that what, what, what that I have in the show notes here. Uh, what we have to do in order to get three points. And I think we have to score before, you know, at halftime. Don't you think? I, I, feel, like, I feel like it's I important so. to get our front four um, a boost. You know, yeah. they struggled to really attack. I mean, they, they were playing – we're going to face a team in Charleston that's going to have a very similar game plan to Ottawa and to Richmond and to some of these teams that we've struggled to put the ball into the back of the net against, yeah. they're going to bunker in. They have the difference is they have probably more talent on the counterattack mm-hmm. uh, that we have to be be more aware of. And but essentially defensively, they've got big center backs. Mm-hmm. They've got talented goalkeepers. No matter who they put in goal, none yeah. of them are a bad. All option. three of them are. They're they're all very good great. goalkeepers. Uh, they're an athletic team. Mm-hmm. They they offer, you know, the kind of team that we don't play very well against. And I, we saw yep. it in the first game. And obviously, I hate to compare it to the very first game of the season because, first of all, we weren't full strength. And yeah. there's been 25 games since then or 26 <laughs> games since yeah. then. It's, it's, a, it's like we're a, two different teams at this point mm-hmm. in the season than we were back in April. and But that's all we have to compare it to at this exactly. point, unfortunately. Um but I think I'm I'm sorry I'm going really long here. No, but I think this is we need good. to kind of jump on them early, and break through before they can really settle in, and because mm-hmm. it could I can see this also going it could be a long game you know it could be just yeah. a slugfest you know where we've got seventy percent of the possession, and we just can't get it past them you know. Yeah, they do have a lot of taller players too, which has pretty that, much been a terrible thing for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We struggle against yeah. the, the height. <laughs> yeah, not like going back. Ottawa had like three guys that were above six two or something crazy like that. They had a lot it, of tall guys. It seemed like it. I don't know. Yeah. I tweeted that it seemed like everybody on the field was over six feet tall for them. So. <laughs> oh, or something it like, like that. It. But the one thing that I did notice too, I was looking at some stats for our away games. Um, we've almost we played just under half of our games away at this point. Thirteen games. We have a six win, three losses, and four tie record on the road, and we've we've scored more goals than we've allowed is the good thing too. We're averaging one point four goals allowed per game while scoring one point eight. Um, we've had two clean sheets and two scoreless games in the mix of those. So okay. for reference, so kind of a 
even there. Um, we've only allowed four multi-goal games while scoring seven multi-goal games. Does that make sense? It yeah. kind of looked weird. No, that, you said that, that. Okay. right, I think. Um, we've scored more than one goal seven times. Uh, but, yeah, so we've, we've played really well on the road. Um, so that's one thing we can, we can kind of put our hat on there. Uh, yeah. Charleston, I was, I was meant to look at this a second ago. I'm pretty sure they've only lost once at home this year. I'm going to look at, yes, that is accurate. They have an 8-1-5 and five record. So that'll one be be one really tough. Yeah, they're going to be a tough team to beat at home, regardless yeah. of whether Romario's there or not. Obviously, mm-hmm. Romario not being in the lineup is going to make it um, harder for them to probably get a win. But I can see them playing for a zero zero draw. Like I can see, I can just yep. see it. Obviously, they probably want to. They'll probably go forward. You know, they're not just going to sit back and they've got a lot sit on their hands. Too, like they've so, got yep. some. They've got other talented players. Um, you know, I think. That's one thing I think we need to be careful is that we don't get caught on the counter. I think sometimes when we have these games and it, it reared its head on Saturday night as well, like we equalized and then we're, you know, we're going hard for that game winner. And then we almost give up a second yeah. goal on the other oh. end if it's not for the, the goalpost. Again, the goalpost yeah. saved us twice. Goalpost and, could very well have been our MVP. And, and it's, it's one of those things where – I think sometimes we we just switch off like you know we're we're almost too focused on grabbing a goal that we we maybe lose a guy who makes a long run and they play a long ball over the top. Charleston's yeah. going to do that all game like, the, mm-hmm. like that's their they've got that's some their speed MO. and some skill players. So too. I think we need to one make sure we don't lose those guys and two uh, be in position to if we have to take a professional foul. And, and just stop the counterattack. Yeah. You know, take the yellow card, whatever. Yeah. And I, I know both of us watched the Arsenal game, and, and we saw a little bit of that towards oh, the I end. Didn't oh, watch you the didn't? Arsenal okay. Game. <laughs> well, like, you know, that's that's Chelsea kind of plays in a similar way yeah. to Charleston. Do they? Okay. Um, they 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 like to hit you on the counterattack, and so there were a couple moments at the end of the Arsenal game where uh, they just committed fouls. To stop any, you know, before it even looked like there was a counterattack on, they committed a foul, yeah. stopped them in their tracks, and I think we might, we need, might need to do a little bit of that on Wednesday. Wouldn't be a bad um, idea. You know, we don't even, we don't need to get reckless and get sent off, but no. there's times where I think we get in opportunities to commit like a, a professional foul. Um, I think there might have been one on Saturday. I know Jason tweeted something about how he thought Kalungi should have committed a, a, a professional foul um, on one of our giveaways. It, it, it might have been the one that ended up leading to the, the goal. Mm, um, okay. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking way too much probably. No. It's a, don't uh, but I, th- I just think, I think those are some things we need to watch out for. And also uh, defending set pieces. We need to make sure we yeah. mark up Forrest Lasso. Yeah. Uh, I know you mentioned that he's – Lasso. When they, when they brought him on – as a as a super sub, you know, if you will, maybe they were bringing him on to be in on corner kicks and set been, pieces yeah. because he's I I don't have the stats. You have I think you have the stats up. He's got several goals. Yeah, I and can pull I think it out. all of them are. I think every one of them are headers. Yeah, from set pieces. I think he's got like six. He, I think last time he had yeah, he's got six goals and. I'd be willing to bet all six of them are headers off of set pieces. Uh, oh. He has oh, one, one right with, foot, one oh, left okay. foot, and four heading goals. But I bet you they're still yeah. off of set pieces. I bet you they're not. I'll bet Maybe you, it's yeah. like a ball bouncing around. They're all the inside box. the like, box. So he he's a guy that we need so. to make sure we mark out on set pieces. Yeah. 
And I think that's something that at times we've struggled to do. We've talked about our lack of height. Yep. Um, I think that's something we need to watch out for is set piece defense. So yep. with that being said, what is your prediction? My prediction, I really think this is going to be a low scoring game. I really do. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be a 1-0 game. Yeah. Either way, honestly, I think we're going to get the win, all things considered. Okay. With them not having Romario, um, with us having that much to play for now, I feel like we're going to get the win. And we play well on the road, too. It's not going to be easy. I think it, it, either way, I think it's going to be a 1-0 game, uh, one way or another. Um, but I think we're going to get the win. Um, I'm not even going to try to say who's going to get the goal. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much given up on that. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see us grab a goal off of a set piece. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be fantastic. Um, we don't get a lot of those. Um, I'm struggling with my prediction because I'm, I'm waffling back and forth. I, what I really want to happen is I really want to go out there and just take it to them. I think we, I really want to yeah. grab an early goal, grab a late goal, and win it like 2-0. But what I'm afraid is going to happen. My nerves are getting killed in these. Yeah. What I, what I'm afraid is going to happen is that we are going to they're going to just have a really good game plan. They're going to bunker mm-hmm. in. They're going to make it really difficult for us to break them down, and it's going to end zero zero. So I'm like I'm like. It very, I I think it'll be I'm, an entertaining game. I think it'll be entertaining, but yeah. I think it's going to be frustrating. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I hope I'm wrong. I think I'm just gonna go with what I with my gut. I think go I'm gonna to say gut. it's gonna be zero zero. Oh no! I, I think, thought your gut was gonna say the no, victory for us. It's not that I don't think we can. I, yeah. I I know we can. I know we can go out. We can win two or three zero, two three one. But I'm just afraid that coming off the heels of a a sluggish performance, yeah. it's not that they won't be inspired. It's just that that was a very very tough ninety minutes that they just put it in. It was. Yeah. It's it's going to be hard to bounce back because they're traveling probably today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, tomorrow being Tuesday. Sorry, today's Monday, <laughs> so they're probably traveling down there on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, they're they're not going to get their normal routine. You know, there's just too many things that can go wrong between now and then. I just see, uh, I just see this one being a, another slugfest, another zero mm-hmm. zero where you know maybe we get twenty shots. Oh, but God, don't say it. Uh, you know, I just I don't have a great feeling about it, and maybe I'm just being um, pessimistic. I hope that's what it is, but uh, I'm fine with being a little more pessimistic. I know I have to balance yeah. you out sometimes, somehow, and you have Someone to balance me to. out sometimes too. So yeah. Um. So I offered questions for listeners today. <laughs> we tried. On time, we tried, uh, and but we haven't gotten any. So. <laughs> I gave you guys like seven hours. So what are you doing? Yes. Next so. time we're just gonna have to tag every single person in the independence <laughs> All community. All fifteen <laughs> listeners that we have. That's not true. We have like forty-five to fifty, yeah. average, give or take, based on how entertaining our episodes are. But exactly. Um, so there's no questions this week, um, and the good news is we will be back with a second episode this week. Uh, Special edition. Yeah, the uh, Talking Jacks Extra, if you will. <laughs> Um, because we have a game to recap Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, and then we have a game to preview for next Saturday. So Tampa Bay Rowdies. I mentioned that we will be talking about the Tampa Bay Rowdies game at a later date. I mean yep. that later date to be like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. So uh, we're probably going to record that episode on Thursday, and it'll be out. I'll probably just put it out immediately after. 
Mm -hmm. um, so that'll probably be out Thursday evening. Um, so you get a double uh, double dose of Talking Jacks gum. this week. Uh, other things that are too. Wait, hold on. How do I get this on brand? Hashtag on brand. Uh, you can go back for seconds. Oh, there you go. There you go. At the uh, Soccer and Sweet Tea Network. Oh yeah. There keep you go. it keep it southern and silly. Southern. So, with all that being said, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank yeah, you for thank you. I was really long winded there at the end. I know I talked a lot about this Charleston game. I guess I've been thinking about it for a while since we had the postponement happen. Um, southern Derby is important. The Southern Derby is important. Um, but this is a this is a big opportunity for us. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I get the prediction wrong. I hope Ben gets it right. Uh, I hope we go and get all three points and go to Tampa Bay Rowdies with some with some momentum. Um, I know we have the ability to. I think we'll uh, hopefully surprise me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so prove him wrong. There you go. Use this as your inspiration. <laughs> I won't go Alexi Lalas and call you guys soft or anything like that because I don't think that. But no. Uh, anyways, thank you for listening, and uh, as always, come on, you Jacks. Yeah.